This is a HeadGum Podcast. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code FIELD taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. Pretty much every kind of store you can imagine, Tim. The tech stuff, gaming, shoes, sneakers, even food, fashion. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know about I you. I know especially about the fashion stuff because I'm very fashionable. Uh, I've noticed that recently. Um, I don't know about you, but I do. I did all my shopping online before all this. I definitely do all my shopping online now. And uh, I used to just, uh, you know, manually search for all these codes because you see it and you're like, oh, there's got to be a code out there. Guess what? Honey, honey will do the searching for you. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Uh, yeah, I I used this, oh, what was it, recently. And I got uh, like $15 off, like a $60 purchase. That yeah, I, I did a lot of... Uh, a lot of holiday shopping online, and this was a reliable click for me, where it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Hey, guess Check what? It, yeah, Saving take a, a lot look. Of money. Nothing to lose. Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash guide. That's joinhoney.com slash guide. Hello and welcome to The Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm, I'm <clears throat> a little bit uh, not going to be quick on my feet. I've, I've had some whiskey. Oh, no. I'm, yeah, before we started talking today, Tom, oh, I, had, yeah. I had a previous engagement. Uh huh. I drank some whiskey, um, and I'm keeping it going, man. Previous engagement, we're all uh, in lockdown, and there's like a foot of snow outside. Do you think you're the only person I do this with? Do, do <laughs> what with a podcast? Yeah, you were on another podcast. You don't think? I, I mean, you don't think I have many podcasts out there? No, actually, I know you're on other podcasts all the time, and I find out about it when you like tweet about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks I a mean, lot. I mean, do I have to? You know, whenever get your I'm permission? on a whenever I'm on a podcast without you, I'm not. I I refuse. I say it's either me and Tim or nothing. You've been on other podcasts, yeah. That's We've true. been two-timing each other. Tom, you know <laughs> what this is. We both know what this is. It's an open podcasting relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I'm If you on- started another show, I think I'd be mad at you, though. Yeah, that's understandable if I started without telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Especially if it was about you. If it was just like a, uh, a commentary track on this on this podcast where you had to play this podcast, but then I would give you like a synchronization point. You would start both at the same time. And then you would hear, while you're talking, my director's commentary. It's like, oh boy, here we go again with this story. Oh uh, yeah, Tom, we've never heard this one. <laughs> Tom, you do that while, like during this podcast. People I know. hear your 
but what Running I'm saying, Tim, is I'll make it a separate podcast. That way there's two streams of monetization. I'll start my own <laughs> Patreon. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm also, uh, <clears throat> you know, I have some alcohol right now that I'm drinking that it's pretty good, I'll tell you, but it's v- extremely sketchy, I find. So it's like, uh, you know, seltzer, the hard seltzers nowadays. Mm-hmm. So this is a hard seltzer that uh, tastes like an old fashioned. Okay. So it's like an old fashioned in a can. Uh, but not like the the drinks they have in like England, where it's an act. It's actually liquor. Like over here, you can't sell. I guess like indiv- you can't sell mixed drinks, prepackaged mixed drinks. I think is which the is rule. strange that England is more lenient on that than we are. Well, we have all these weird hangups about alcohol in this country. Yeah, but you can put like. You you could put whatever you want in the food supply, <laughs> right? But God forbid you were able to buy a gin and tonic in a can. Like yeah. no, no, no. You can only buy candy flavored beer. Yeah, and like you know, ground beef has like less than three percent plutonium Metal. in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but along those lines of uh, of this being sketchy, and it's pretty strong. Seven percent alcohol. So it's it's not uh, messing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought this at the supermarket. You've been to my supermarket and you've seen how like sometimes they have like weird deals on things like things that they don't carry. Yeah. This they had a deal on the seltzers, uh, two six packs for five dollars. That's too wow. inexpensive, right? Yeah. Something's <laughs> wrong with this. A six pack. That's what, less than 50 cents each? It's like 40 cents a can? As a consumer, if I'm I'm scanning the uh, canned alcohol Uh aisle and I see something that's normally priced and it's canned old-fashioned, but it's (laughs) not a mixed drink, it's in seltzer form... Mm-hmm. I'm just like uh, this is too confusing to me. I'm just I like I uh, oh there's Bud Light. I'll grab that. Right. Um well, I didn't do that. I was like, wow, this the seltzer Well, when you mark it down to, you know, 23 cents it's a can. Not, yeah. It was cheaper than the than the plain seltzer I was buying. It was cheaper than the plane ticket I took to <laughs> to, to the to to get to the supermarket. Yeah, so I'm considering uh like really stocking up well, because the first day I went there, I just got one because I was like, I bet this is a pricing mistake or whatever. And then, oh, God, the woman gave me like a hard time when I was like, oh, it said over there that they were, you know, two for five dollars. She's like, oh, and like go get some manager. And you have contempt <clears throat> for the working class. So no, you were it rang tapping up. your foot, crossing your arm. It rang up as thirteen dollars. And I was like, no, it's actually two fifty. And she was like, oh, like like that was like a come on, man. It's only ten dollars. <laughs> just let it slide. Did you get her fired? Did you make some phone calls? Tom? No, I just got I bet the, you would have liked to, though. <clears throat> I just got the the alcohol I wanted at, at a price that I thought was fair, which is all I'm looking for from any store, to be honest. You're with a you. regular David Sedaris. You're going to be like, <laughs> I'm making a citizen's firing on you. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I read about it. You want to explain what that is for the listener? Who, who... Everybody knows about David Sedaris and his recent uh, I only, Yeah, I only read about it 
like uh, I don't know after the fact or whatever. This is look. David Sedaris is a very funny writer, very yeah. funny man. Very, uh, I'm I'm generally pro David Sedaris. Right. And he came out, you know, in 2020, mm-hmm. late 2020, during a pandemic. Uh, what was this on CBS this morning? He was doing a commentary or something. <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. I guess auditioning to be the next Andy Rooney one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, America's still waiting. He goes out there and he pulls a Tom Reynolds. He goes and it, <laughs> they give him they give him two minutes. They give him 120 seconds on on the air. And what does he do? He uses it to to rail against the working class and basically just say like, ah, service employees who don't do exactly what I ask them to do should be fired. No, I should be able he, to fire he them. He had like a very legitimate complaint. Complaint. I forget what it was. I'm looking it up, but... It, no, it, the, there were two examples. You don't have to look it up, Tom. Okay. So, so look at me. Eyes all up right, here. All My right, all stuff. right. Um, number one, he went to a health club, a pool, mm-hmm. and he started swimming, and the uh-huh. lifeguard said, you only have like 10 minutes left to swim because I have to go to my parents' house and do laundry. <laughs> right, which is ridiculous. Sure, don't tell okay. him. Don't tell, don't, I mean, that's on her. Don't tell him why you're leaving. Just be like, my shift's over. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, and like, I would be, I would be miffed if yeah. I, he was, he was miffed that he bought a guest pass to go and do that. Right. I'd be miffed if that happened to me. Yeah, but like, he's, he's got to take that up with, uh, you know, the front counter though. Yeah, you don't have to go on national television and and rail against somebody. <laughs> he put, who's he making... put up a picture of her, if I recall, too, and uh, he doxed her. He gave her home address and her phone number. She was making what nine fifty an hour. And he said, and like, "There's a message to all the Sederites out there. <laughs> I want my army to to descend upon her. Let's make her life hell." Look, it's it's fine. Like it, you can be annoyed with people without mm-hmm. trying to get them fired during a pandemic when right. there's and also like she's a lifeguard. Like mm-hmm. she has more skills than any white collar worker or <laughs> or humorist in right. the world. Like tangible skills. Like she can save your life. You know what? We we should be paid. Like in in a just world, she would be richer than a than a than a David Sedaris. Well, I used to be a lifeguard, Tim. How come you don't treat me with that level of respect? Tom, I revere you. You know I do. (laughs) Good, because one one day I might save your life, Tim. And the second thing he bought, he went and bought an expensive teacup set, (laughs) and the the cashier. After he bought it, it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have anything to put this in. And he was like, well, how am I supposed to get this home? And I think this is actually funny, I, which is why I think the cashier didn't say this. I think a humorist, uh, uh-huh. his humorist mind uh, said that the, the cashier responded, well, I don't know. It's yours. You <laughs> should figure out how to get it somewhere, which would be actually pretty funny if I was in line behind him. I'd be like, hey. But basically... Again, another probably uh, yeah. low-wage worker who wasn't provided the materials with which to do their job to David Sedaris' yeah, liking. That, look, Tim, that- And that... he wants to fire them. Because, well, hold on, I, I didn't explain uh-huh. that he, he thinks we should have, like, a citizen's arrest. A citizen's firing. If you're firing. unhappy with a, a, a service employee, you should be able to do a citizen's firing and make it so that somebody can't pay rent or- lose their health insurance or 
these jobs probably don't come with health insurance, lose the ability to pay egregious amounts of money for uh, health insurance on the the open market? Uh, I think in that case... First off, look, this person's got a cushy job selling uh, teacups to extremely rich people. I'm sure she gets lavish with praise all day and never has to deal with uh, any kind of uh, uh, self-important customers. But I think that that... The coveted teacup (laughs) cashier uh, position, yeah. I think that that uh, is entirely dependent on whether that cashier knew they didn't have a way for them to take the teacups at home or not. If she didn't know, then that's like, that's not on her. If she's like, oh, I just looked and we don't have the box for these things. But if she knew and rung him up, then like, that's that shitty. How are you going to take a teacup set home without a box? If the cashier knew and rung him up. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's also funny, I guess. And I guess, you know, he probably, you know, had a minor freak out in the store. Although he does seem like a guy who's like me or you. Yeah, who, he's probably like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, he he probably completely backed down in the moment um, and then railed against <laughs> this person in a public forum elsewhere. Um, so I bet that cashier, like, barring an actual citizen's firing that cashier probably had a pretty good day because like, yeah. she, she befuddled a rich idiot <laughs> um, who was buying a teacup set yeah they didn't fight back yeah and uh they had a good laugh about it uh i i should get, see what what it takes to get on cbs this morning to, to try out for this new andy rooney position i'm telling you man i think Andy Rooney broke American <laughs> society because everybody's like, like it, it made it okay to vocalize. <laughs> to just go on things. TV and complain about yeah, minor just, inconveniences. Yeah, not even go on TV. I think people turned in, tuned into the the most uh, like the authoritative yeah. news program, mm-hmm, 60, sixty minutes, minutes. every week, and then at the end it was like. And now a man who's going to complain about some bullshit and people will be like, yeah, I'm justified about complaining about some bullshit in my everyday life. And yeah, just being if a, this a wasn't important, crank. they wouldn't put it on the news. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally justified doing the same thing. Why did we start talking about David Sedaris? Uh, oh, me being in the store about the, yeah. the drinks. And his drinks are too cheap. That's that's my uh, my take. Oh, but yeah. So I bought one. The first day I saw it, and then the next day, it's like, ah, I should see if they have any left. And they had like four times as many now. So, um, yeah. Jackpot, baby. Gonna stock up. This is gonna be what? If the vaccine comes. It is coming. I know, but if it, it's actually delivered, uh, the, the news came out today that there's millions of doses that the federal government hasn't allocated for it. Oh, so, the federal government's running smooth, Tim. But if it's distributed in a timely fashion, mm-hmm. you stock up on those uh, those gross seltzer uh-huh. uh, old fashions. I'll stock. Uh, I'll continue stocking up on these Stroop waffles. We'll come together and we'll have the best post covid party of all time yeah i thought you were gonna say stock up on the vaccines and then you know sell them at a profit 
like people are no. doing with the uh, PlayStation fives. You, you, you can get, you know, a good uh, return on your investment there. Imagine how much you could get for their, for a black market vaccine. Or you could just start once you have the antibodies, start selling your own blood to people. So you need a vaccine. Just take some of my blood. Vampire style. Uh, let me bite you and then you'll be immune. Tom, tis the season, right? For, yeah, for for giving. Nope. Receiving. Candles in the window. Candles Shadows. in the wind. Shadows painting the ceiling. Gazing at the fire glow. Feeling that gingerbread feeling. Uh, this isn't copyrighted. What you're what you're reciting is it? Precious moments. Special people. Happy faces, I can see. Somewhere in my memory, Christmas joys all around me. Wow, beautiful. Living in my memory. All of the music, all of the magic, all of the family home here with me. Wow. Truly beautiful. Uh, a, a new Christmas tradition has just been born. Listening to Tim sing part of the Home Alone song acapella. Somewhere in my memory, Tom. Who's John he, Williams. Who, and that's him singing in, on the soundtrack? Um, no, it's a it's a children's choir. But he's leading the children's choir, right? In falsetto, isn't that Probably. always the uh, conductor's prerogative if they choose? Yeah, it's classic conductor's prerogative. Yeah, uh, Tim. This week we're talking about Home Alone. <laughs> Somehow we've never done an episode about Home Alone. We did an episode yeah. about Home Alone two a long <laughs> yeah, time well, ago. I- well, the thing is, I was coming in hot with a, with a theory about Home Alone 2, essentially why it doesn't work. Wow. Um, but now, we're all positive. This is the, We're a positivity podcast now. Right, Tom. right. And Home what, Alone is what, what a What was your movie? theory on why Home Alone 2 doesn't work? Because he's starts, not at home? No, because Kevin starts out the movie as an unsympathetic <laughs> character. Hmm, right. You know he in the and we'll talk about this, but in Home Alone one, he's getting shit he's, on left right. and right. Mm-hmm. Um, Home Alone two, he's a little stinker, and <laughs> the reason he gets separated is because freaking like he's being a jerk, and he can be reunited at any time. There's no shortage of right. police officers he can walk up to in New York City and be like, "Hey, I was supposed to go to 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 freaking uh, Florida with my family, right? And uh, here I am in New York." Um, you you can help me out with this, yeah, right? Yeah, they'd put him up in a Times Square hotel or something. Yeah. Um. Well, they kind of did anyway, right? Yeah. In a way. Tom, mm-hmm. Home Alone one. <clears throat> yeah. People like to cite um Back to the Future as a perfect film, mm-hmm. which I think it it is. Uh, yeah. Tom, you especially like how Marty McFly um. <laughs> Invented rock and roll and not Chuck, Chuck Berry, right? Uh, that and him kissing his mother. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were like, score one for us in both cases, which I, I thought was weird. I was like, right. Explain who the- us are. <laughs> the Chuck Berry thing, but like the people that like kissing their moms? No, just people that like seeing it. Okay. Um, Home Alone. Look, it's not... Look, People like to point out some plot holes, right? Sure. Nowadays, there are whole websites where you can watch people kiss their moms. But uh, back then, few and far between. You had to go to the cinema. Eyes on the prize time. We're talking about Home Alone this week. <laughs> Children's movie that came out 30 years ago. Came out in 1990, Tom. Uh, uh, I saw it numerous times in the theater. I think I introduced it to you no. when you were in your late 20s. No, I also saw it numerous times in the theater, uh, at least two times, but I think three times. I didn't realize when I was looking into it a little bit um, that it held the record for a long time because it was the number one movie for 12 weeks straight, which uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which makes what sense. Broke because, it? Um, like some Chinese movie, I think it might hold the record domestically still. Wow. Um. Because I remember, I think I rem- I must have seen the first time. It must have been right around. It might have been the weekend it came out. Because I remember at least the second time, which was like a, probably a decent amount late, probably like a month later, the theater was packed. Yeah. Still. <clears throat> now, it, it was released uh, on November 16th, 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was over a month before Christmas. Right. And I feel like it was in theaters until May of 1991. Well, yeah, I mean, by, by this math, it was the number one movie going into, uh, February. So yeah, I'm sure, uh, they, they kept it around. They used to keep movies around a lot longer than they do now too. Yeah. Um, it didn't <clears throat> come out on home video until September Oh no! Wait, sorry. That that's uh, that's ultra HD Blu-ray. <laughs> um, I don't know when it w- it came out, but well, it was it was an event when it came out on VHS. Yeah, it was the next Christmas. I'm pretty sure, um, because that was back when and I think that's still the case. Like Christmas movies don't come out on home video until the next Christmas, <laughs> usually. Which right. I guess makes There's sense. There's no reason. Yeah, it's like, well, what are we going to do? Put this movie out in June when uh, on DVD when we normally would, or VHS back then, and then do um, a big... Just in time for Christmas in July, Tom. Yeah, well, exactly, and try and do like a big uh, push for it then. No, so they just wait. I'm One trying time to remember... I camping the... in July, mm-hmm. and the campsite did like a weird <clears throat> Christmas in July thing, and I was probably like seven years old. Mm-hmm. And even then, I was like, this isn't, this, come on. And, like, they brought Santa <laughs> out and gave out, like, crappy gifts to the kids at the campsite. But I was just like, why are we even doing this? It's, uh, we, it's, it's Yeah, so I never real. understood the Christmas in July thing. What, what yeah. makes Christmas special, part of it, is uh, it's once a year. We don't yeah. need it in July. We got the yeah. 4th of July in July. Exactly. Hot dogs, fireworks. Yeah, we don't need Santa. He can take Muscle the month tees. off. Sorry, what were you saying about... Uh, uh, Oh, home video um, no, I remember some movie years ago. It's like a comedy movie. I can't remember what, 
but it came out around Christmas time. And I didn't see it in the theater. So I was like, oh, I'd like to check that out, like to rent it. And uh, it, it wasn't out. It didn't come out for another year. I had to wait. Tragic. And it was something that was like vaguely Christmassy. Not even, nah, it might have been, I, I'm thinking it might have been Elf. That hmm. Elf didn't come out on video till like the next year. And it's like, oh no, I wanted to see that. Like I can suspend my disbelief that it's Christmas. <laughs> I can watch a Christmas movie anytime. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, it doesn't need to be Christmas for me to watch a Christmas movie. Tom, yeah. how many times do you think you've seen Home Alone? I don't know, probably dozens. I remember as a kid, I was able, I remember sometimes I would go to sleep and I would replay the movie in my head and I knew every line from the movie. Yeah, um, there was a time where I think I knew every line in the movie. And I remember I read the novelization too. Oh, I own both uh, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 novelizations, Tom, and I read them uh, to my children every Christmas. Wow, uh, you must have uh, quite a home library. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I have a rich home life, Tom. (laughs) Um, I still, like, this is the one thing that, like, this 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 is the way in which I'm damaged, I think. Or All like, right. well, you go on. first, and then I can uh, tell you what I think. Tom, save this for your commentary podcast. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I never like. I saw the Star Wars movies when I was a kid, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. No, yeah, you me. didn't, Tim. They they came out before you were born. Yeah, but they were around when I was a kid. Oh yeah, okay. Like when I was a child, I saw them. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, these movies are pretty good. I saw yeah. the Indiana Jones movies, like. Mm-hmm. All the homo and like Home Alone is the one that like in adulthood I'm like don't mess with Home Alone <laughs> how dare you like I still like I went and saw it at uh, Lincoln Center with the New York Philharmonic playing <laughs> mm-hmm. the as as a full adult and I got there and I was like what are all these kids doing here to watch Home Alone <laughs> they better sh- they better keep their mouth shut and yeah, you were Tom- you were listening for. Yeah, if you heard a hint of one flat note from that Philharmonic, you were going to lose your mind. Tom, that was wild. It was sold out. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Avery Fisher Hall, I think. Like, you know, over a thousand seats. Like, it's where it's it's completely packed. And a lot of kids watching (laughs) the sequence at the end of the movie where uh, where they're going through the house of horrors, all the booby traps. It was mayhem. It was just like, <laughs> you know, it was it was half kids. It was five hundred kids just like screaming, losing their <laughs> shit, laughing, uh-huh. uh, just and uh, all the adults who are like remember it fondly as well. It was like the most joyful experience I've ever had in my life. Wow! They should fill up stadiums and show. <laughs> uh, I Movie. think they should do that. Like. I don't know, three days before election day in all presidential elections from now on. We'll all get together. Fill up a and w- stadium and watch Home Alone? Yeah, everybody. Because I think it would it would uh it would promote camaraderie. And why how would that affect the, the election? I think, you know Everybody it, would decide not to vote, like now let's just all No, with so much vitriol <clears throat> and stress. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to like the most, you know, stressful month probably in 
modern America in history was probably October 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like everything's falling apart. We get everybody together. Mm-hmm. We watch Home Alone. We watch Harry and Marv get the fucking shit kicked out of them. <laughs> Shot in the balls with a BB gun. Yeah, hit in the face with a with a with a paint can. Mm-hmm. They put a tarantula on their face. Yeah, you tar and feather the one guy. Yeah. yeah, this one guy steps on a nail. This will bring us together, Tom. So, is that your favorite part of the movie? Just the 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 violence. When I was a kid, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. As an adult, yes. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> do you know my mom? Doesn't like my mom. Her her stance on uh, Home Alone is this: I don't like that movie. It's it's too chaotic. It's too messy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I don't very, like all that chaos. It is a lot of chaos. You know, he might save his home, but I think he he ruined uh, the floors at least in a few of those rooms. I don't know. It look it, it looked all right. He cleaned up pretty quickly. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, as an adult now, Tom, I appreciate. Uh, I used to appreciate, you know, uh, first when I was real little, I really mm-hmm. liked the violence. <laughs> right. Um, it's it's one of the cartoon. best. Yeah, I was going to say it's one of the best uh, live action portrayals of cartoon violence. Yeah, it turns into Looney Tunes for 20 yeah. minutes and it's great. But then like and then a li- after that, after like the sugar high of that uh, wore off, I was really into the like. Oh man, being a kid and being home alone would be so much fun. Like before before the danger comes into it. And this is my problem with the Harry Potter books that you always make fun of me. <laughs> I feel like they throw Harry Potter into danger when you're still trying to figure out the magic of Hogwarts uh, in a normal year. Right. right? Where so where get, Kevin gets to enjoy like the kid fantasy of being home alone. Yeah, no parents, no rules. And you get right. like a good 25, 35 minutes of that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, of him, of just him fucking around, ordering yeah. and pizzas then, and watching bad uh, R-rated movies. Which he picked the lamest R-rated movie to watch <laughs> in, in, in history. Oh, yeah, my fa- no rules. I'm going to watch some old black and white gangster movie. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, not a real movie. You know that. Of course, Angels with Filthy Souls. But I remember even as a kid thinking, like, oh, there are no black and white movies with, like, cursing and new. Like, why isn't this guy watching uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando or Total Recall or something? Yeah. That's that's what a kid would be into. A kid's not going to want to watch some black and white, de- uh, you know, uh, noir detective thing. It's 1990, right? You can use the telephone and get one of those uh, dirty movie channels unscrambled, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, they they seem like the kind of family that, uh, you know, probably had a nice cable package. I mean, we would do that when I was a kid. uh, At one point, you know, probably not that much older than Kevin, Uh, you know, like 12 or 13 we realized uh, when we were over like friends' houses and their parents weren't home that we could call up uh, the cable company and order Playboy TV or whatever, <laughs> and they don't check anything. They're like, "Well, the phone, the phone call came from the house that's you know on on record." So like, okay, and you know we would do this without the 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 kid who lived there knowing this. 
And then being very upset because obviously that's going to show up on the bill one day. The operator was like, this is obviously an adult calling because they identified themselves as (laughs) the father. Right. Well, I mean, probably at that age, they were like, yeah, this sounds like an adult woman, I guess. So, yeah, we'll, we'll let it go through. For over 100 years, Trico has been the leader in innovation and ingenuity for everything wiper blades. Trico was the first to mass-produce wiper blades, and they have received numerous awards from vehicle manufacturers who trust Trico to put the best product on their vehicles. One of their products, Trico Neoform, is designed to match your vehicle's exact connection. That means no more guessing, no more hassle, and no more confusion while installing your wiper (laughs) blades. Installing them. <laughs> Not only are they easy to install, but they are high quality beam blades built to beat any type of weather. Trico Ultra Wiper Blades are American made premium beam wiper blades that shine in any weather. These wiper blades also feature a unique design that converts wind force into extra pressure, allowing for maximum windshield contact. That's cool. That's kind of that's the kind of stuff you're into, right, Tom? Absolutely. I love uh, wind force. The Trico Smart Set wiper blades automatically pairs the correct size and fit wiper blades specific to your vehicle. That's two wiper blades sized perfectly and with the correct connection already attached. Simply visit wipers123.com. Enter your vehicle information and select whichever smart set you prefer. Trico Smart Set Monsoon for areas with heavy rainfall, Trico Smart Set Tundra for cold, snowy areas, and Trico Smart Set Storm for everything else in between. Go to wipers123.com and use promo code GUIDE at checkout and receive $10 off your next order of $40 or more. Trico, they're great. This episode of The Complete Guide to Everything is brought to you by BetterHelp. Tom, Mm -hmm. what interferes with your happiness? All kinds of stuff. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mm Mm-hmm. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to help answer these questions, Tom. You know about BetterHelp, right? We've talked about them in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, uh they'll connect you with a licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. Like that, Tom. I'm snapping my fingers. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. Look, you can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Seems pretty convenient, Tom. Yeah, and you don't don't have to go into an office to do it. Yeah, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, especially now. Tom, did you hear about what's going on out there? I I have. uh, I don't want to be sitting in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed, committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So look, you know, like this is first counselor? You're not vibing with them? Yeah. Try somebody else. No problem. Exactly. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available, and their service is available for clients worldwide. 
There's a broad range of expertise available, which might not be locally available in many areas. You can get it through BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. There's someone not down the street doing it. Yeah. There might not be somebody in a hundred miles of you doing this. Right. Guess what? Take it online, buddy. Uh Look, uh, BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. It's uh, it's a lot of stuff, Tom. Yeah. And anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And uh, you can go to their website and check out the testimonials there. Mm-hmm. People are using this thing, Tom. Yes. I do want to point out, mm-hmm. this is not a crisis line. No. No. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Tom, guess what? This thing, it's so popular. Like, get us more counselors. Yeah. Too many people are using this thing. Right. Look, we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener to The Complete Guide to Everything, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash guide. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash guide. The part that resonates with me as an adult... Mm-hmm is uh, the beginning of the film, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Just the chaos uh, with, oh, with the whole yeah. family. Yeah. I think that, look, this movie has, you know, it, it, it's, it has the potential to be a lot worse than it actually is. <laughs> oh, right? absolutely. It could be just like a real crappy kids' holiday movie. Yeah. The first you know, sequence in the movie where the, where the whole family is, is, is together, the extended family. And it's the mm-hmm. night before they're going on a trip to Paris. Um, it's so well done. Uh, uh, you know, my, I have a big extended Irish family mm-hmm. and that's so accurately captures what it, lo- what it felt like to be a little kid. Yeah. It just got like lost in the shuffle. The whole big family is there loud, boisterous, yeah. um, chaos um like they do that so well and and i you you really sympathize with kevin in the beginning yeah it's hard to portray chaos on film i think or or i think it's harder than than uh, you would assume uh to kind of keep that like level of chaos up the way that they do uh a lot of coordination where like everybody's moving all the time and, and talking all the time. Is is it controversial to you at all that the pizza that they order is not uh, Chicago style? Um, no. Because um, I don't think people... I don't think it's feasible mm-hmm. to feed 20 plus people. <laughs> to, to feed with... children Chicago style pizza. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Child <laughs> services would show up. Exactly. But I don't think like... Uh, you know, the, you get... You get pizzas in that situation mm-hmm. because it's like you get a lot of something yeah. it's simple and uh, it feeds a lot of people and you don't have to take order like deep dish pizzas just like also these people have to wake up the next morning for a flight <laughs> right well they're but, eating a bunch of deep dish pizza yeah they're, then they definitely would miss their flight uh i was always surprised that they didn't order more cheese pizzas in that situation 
But I remember being a kid and maybe not with pizza, but with other things where it's like, no, I just want plain. I just want this plain. Why did why does this food that I'm being offered have something on it that I don't like? I don't think I was ever offered anything other than plain pizza before I was, you know, eight years old. I remember a lot of situations where sausage pizza was the pizza uh, in play, and I was never a fan of that as a kid. Pepperoni pizza, sure. Um, yeah, well, that's because the Ninja Turtles ate that. Exactly. Even though I'm kind of surprised because one of my earliest memories is this super, super, super vivid memory of me. I must have been like three years old running into my parents' bedroom one night and vomiting all over their bed. And the vomit was Kool-Aid and whole pepperonis that I had swallowed while I was eating pizza. Yeah, Tom, you've told this vomiting up <laughs> now. It's so pepperoni. visceral. As I'm telling you this, I can remember what it tastes like. I'm feeling the taste right now, the acidic Kool-Aid and pepperoni mix. I'm <laughs> also thinking about how, as a three-year-old, that was the perfect uh, meal, pepperoni pizza and Kool-Aid. And right now I'm like, boy, I could really go for a pepperoni pizza and a Kool-Aid. So uh, my palate hasn't changed much in in nearly 40 years. That's, that's not surprising. Not a lot about you has changed. No. I, I, I would still run into somebody's room and vomit if I wasn't feeling well. Tom, let me ask you a question that I've never heard addressed in any of it. Like, we're, Home Alone has been having a moment for a few years, right? Yes. It's come yeah. back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, they're doing to us what they did to the baby boomers where they're just like the stuff that you liked when you were a kid buy it a million different ways i know well and and you know especially me and you have made fun of baby boomers for decades for all that shit and now it's a hundred times worse for us and we're like i don't care i like it tell me more things all the entertainment needs to be based on the entertainment that I liked when I was a yeah. kid. Needs to have the same characters, all grown up, but not depressing. Yeah, and things that were in the movie. I want you to start making uh, movie quality replica props that I can buy and display <laughs> in my home. So anyway, with all the Home Alone discourse, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't hear anybody talking about this. Do you believe there is any supernatural element? to the situation that Kevin finds himself in. No. Do you? It's something that I didn't pick up on until maybe <laughs> oh, my no. 45th or 46th. No, just this scene. Remember uh, one of the best scenes um, when Kevin gets in trouble after oh, that yeah. chaotic mm-hmm. scene where they're eating the pizza in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, his mom, mm-hmm. brings him upstairs and is like, now go to bed, right? Yeah. And uh, he and she says, "Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night." To which Kevin responds, "Oh wait! First he says, like I am upstairs, stupid, right? Uh, idiot. I think he idiot. calls her an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good one. Um, but he says, uh, I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life, and I don't want to see anybody else either. Yeah. And his mom says, I hope you don't mean that. You'd." You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any of you jerks again. And then he goes upstairs and uh, 
they have a voice over his head. He said, I wish they would all just disappear. Yeah. And then there's this whole sequence of like uh, the, the power going out yeah. and the wind blows in. And it's it's kind of like, you know, he made a wish. Right. And then nature or the universe was making that come true. Yeah. The way that it's sequenced really makes you think that like, yeah, maybe there's a higher power involved in this. Yeah, they do a good job, I think, of not leaning into that. Uh, where, no, which is cool. Yeah, but also where, like, if you watch it from that from that point of view, like he makes a wish and then the wish comes true because she says, "Say mm-hmm. it again, right. maybe it'll happen," and he right. like makes a conscious effort like you see him so, and then you're like, "Oh, does Catherine O'Hara uh, is she part She's of a, witch. a, a, a coven?" A co- She's a witch. Of, of witches, yeah. Of course. Right. Well, why couldn't she, you know, use her powers to get back sooner? They don't have brooms in France. I remember uh, somewhat recently uh, learning that Catherine O'Hara was younger than I am now in that movie. Oh, and that creatures. really depressing me. But then watching the movie and being like, you know, Catherine O'Hara is kind of hot in this movie. Yeah, Catherine yeah. O'Hara, you know, she's a, she's a cool lady. I mean, you But it was like a weird it was a weird feeling of like as a kid I never thought that because it was like, ah, she's a mom in this. Yeah. But it it made me <laughs> it made me feel better to uh feel she's a weird, mom. Give me Anna Klumsky. Feeling weird about like, ah, she's uh uh, I'm so old because I'm older than she was in this movie. But then watching the movie and be like, you know what? She doesn't look that old in the movie, though. And uh, I guess what? I also think it's like, well, I yeah, I guess she, you know, the the, the two of them must have started pumping out kids like right after college or whatever to to have. Because how many kids are in the immediate family? Buzz, the it's sister, clear, right? There's it, Buzz and a sister, at least, right? Right. So I think Buzz is very clearly the oldest Mistake. in that. In, in that, no, I mean they should have. Uh, they should have stopped after Buzz. They should have been like, <laughs> "We got a bad one." Yeah, they were but maybe like, they oh, were we'll like, again for l- we'll one double now. down." You know? Yeah. But imagine they got a think a about how buzz. hellish their lives would be if their only child was Buzz. <laughs> Buzz was 13 years old. Uh, okay. The, I was going to so guess about that old. Catherine O'Hara was 36, so that meant like 23. Yeah. Um, that means she would have had him in the late 70s. Late 70s, 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a child at 23. I don't yeah. know. Probably, the average age was probably oh, no, 24, that, 25. Yeah, that's what I'm kid. saying. Like, uh, you know, right, right after college. Um, Daniel Stern mm-hmm. uh, plays Marv in the film. Yeah, I'm aware. Was 33 years old when wow. this movie. Tom, I told you how this. Uh, how old were they then? Website has ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, you put any movie in, and it just tells you how old. And look, I don't think I'm ever going to act in a movie. That's not what this <laughs> is about. It's not like, oh no, my acting career. Uh, it's just your closing. perception of of. But I find lately that that mostly happens when I just don't think about it. Like if I think about it for a minute and I'm like, well, how old did I think Marv was? Yeah. 
Exactly. And it's like, I only thought he was older than me. And that was the case for a very long time, for decades. But now that is no longer the case. It's like, I, yeah, I didn't think Marv was 50 years old in that movie. I think I assumed when I was a kid that all adults were, you know, the baseline, like, pretty much 50. Yeah. No, but I remember as a kid, like, you know, you'd meet somebody and they were, like, 25. And you're like, oh, Jesus. A little long in the tooth, buddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, old man Marley, Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> played by a guy named Robert Blossom. No, I mean, I thought he was 90 in the, in the film. He was <laughs> right. 66. Okay, that that, that checks sense. out. And you, they, like, they grizzled him up a little bit, too. That That's what I was going to say. That's what you want. Because they wanted him to be intimidating looking, too. Like, they didn't want him to be too frail. Right. And like he had, he was old enough to be Kevin's grandpa, so right. yeah, that all that all checks out. Um, who else? Pete from Pete and Pete was in it. I always forget that. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, a cousin, a right? Career. He yeah. wasn't a brother. I don't think so. Vulture recently did a thing where they ranked all the, the kids, kids in the in the family and tried <laughs> to, and they did uh, some deep research into you know who like was really who. Was to here. who. Yeah. But some of it was inconclusive. I feel like all these people are probably on Twitter and you could probably reach out and just be like, hey, whose kid were you supposed to be? Like, they probably told you on the movie. <laughs> Did they, though? Yeah, I think there was uh, I read a thing recently with um, I forgive it was Kevin's older sister or a cousin, but uh, it was like an, an interview with her as an adult. And she was like, oh, yeah, the movie's really fun. Uh, like, everybody just kind of goofed around. And uh, she talked about, I, I think it was, uh, uh, I forget his name, the the actor who played Kevin's dad, who uh, passed William away. William Hurd? Yeah, that she John liked. Hurd. John, John Hurd. John Hurd. I'm sorry. Uh, you're thinking of William Hurt. Yes. Um, Ooh, that guy is a weird guy. I just watched uh, Broadcast News. Mm-hmm. He was like a sex symbol. It was a well, doof. He's he's also no longer with us, Tim. So be oh, really? respectful. Yes, huh. somewhat recently. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, the past few years. Well, you know what? You're just you're making a lot of gaffes, and it's uh, damaging to my reputation. Tom William Hurt is alive and well. He's <laughs> what? He's, it's he's a Christmas miracle. Old. Oh my goodness! Wow. Uh. You know, in my head, I was making a wish that I wish William Hurt were alive again. <laughs> wow. And in my reality now, the, and everybody listening, you know, it's always been that he, he, he right. hasn't died. Right, yeah. But before Thanks I wished that, Christmas it wasn't. Wish. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't wasted the wish on that. But, you know, you're welcome, William Hurt. Um but uh, uh, the woman, uh, I th- I think she played Kevin's older sister, said like she ran into him once, like, you know, as an adult. And she was like, oh, you probably don't remember me, but I played your daughter. And she was like, oh, he was like the nicest guy. Like, you know, and she said she remembered him being nice. Uh, yeah. And she said it was just like a very fun uh, movie to work on. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, maybe not for... Harry and Marv, who right. they really went through the ringer. Well, but you think about like those kids, they probably worked like a week on that. 
And then it was like, yeah. And like the whole time it was just like, we got to, they were like, just be crazy kids, just run around yelling and stuff. Yeah. And then they, they went away and then they wound up being in, you know, one of the biggest movies ever. Elvis um, was in it too. You know, people say that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the scene where Catherine O'Hara uh, meets up with uh, John Candy, which, geez, mm-hmm. heavy, like, people think of this as a kid's movie, and then it's right. got the two of, big, of, of comedy's biggest heavy hitters. Right. Two, two, uh, two of the biggest Second City stars. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's trying to buy a bus ticket or something, right? And the buses. Yeah. Like she she gets off the plane and she goes to the bus station and there's a storm so they can't get. Mm. And waiting in line behind is a guy that like looks like a heavier older, version older of Elvis. Older Elvis, yeah. Like an, you uh, how old he would be if he hadn't died. I feel like they were trying to do a three men and a baby thing with this. Where it's like, you know, there's a ghost in that movie. It's like, you know, Elvis came, you know, was never dead and decided to be in a, an extra in a movie. <laughs> right. That's how he's making his living. Urban legends in the late 80s, early 90s were really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, it He does look like him a bit, but under what circumstances would any of that make sense? Oh, where where do you want me for this scene? You know what I think is really strange is that like it was a given. It was such a comedic trope in every sitcom and every stand-up act and everything. Oh, to have like uh, Elvis be alive. Yeah, yeah. I bet you ask anybody under thirty about that, <laughs> and they have no idea about it. Yeah, the whole Elvis is still alive thing really went away once uh, once he didn't somehow reveal himself, and now it's like, well, if he were still alive, he'd be a an old man. Yeah, he'd probably or he would have anyway. died already. Yeah. Um, it's always weird to me too with uh, with conspiracy theories like that. And actually, to go back to the same thing with Michael Jackson, the people that think he's still alive, where it's like, I don't know. By all public appearances, this person had an incredibly unhealthy lifestyle that should have killed them decades ago. I don't buy that. Th- this person of all people would uh fake their death and then be like okay well now that i faked my death no more drugs for me thanks i need to (laughs) live a clean healthy life i know i couldn't do it while i was myself but well i guess that's part of it people claim like oh they had to escape their fame and then they were able to to put those trappings behind them but the thing about both elvis and michael jackson is they had already escaped their fame and they were trying desperately yeah. to claw back their fame. Yeah, like, true. You know, Michael Jackson could have just barricaded him at the Neverland <clears throat> Ranch and become a hermit. And like, yeah, and just lived off nobody Beatles would have been royalties. clamoring <laughs> in 1998 yeah. for him to be like, no, put out another record. We loved the... You know, half a disc of new material that was on history. <laughs> with, with some remixes. Yeah. Like, oh, we're clamoring. Please release your hot new single, You Rock My World. Hey. Like, hey, Tim Brando was in that video. Would Brando have been in that video if it weren't a good song? But same thing with Elvis. And Chris like, Tucker. Is, 
he was washed up and then he did his his comeback special. Right. You know, if he didn't want to be famous, don't do the comeback special. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay not come back. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, none none of those things uh make any sense. Yeah. But uh uh John Candy, who nobody claims faked his death, um uh, only worked one day on this, but it was a 23-hour day. You know, they always say, like, you know, John Candy only worked one day on this. He He's in two scenes. He's on screen <laughs> for, like, four minutes. It's like, oh, I thought that I thought he filmed it in an hour. Yeah, I would. I thought he might have done two days just because they were different, different setups. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like they kind of hustled to, like, get that to work. Uh, yeah. You know, and it must have been that he was working on something else. Why? Why he couldn't? Uh, why they had to squeeze all of it into one day like that? But you don't yeah. watch uh, Shit's Creek, do you? Um, I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, just because thinking about uh, Eugene Levy and uh, Catherine O'Hara, like whenever I watch that show, I'm always like, it's gotta be weird. These two people have known each other since they were like practically teenagers. And probably similarly with Catherine O'Hara and John Candy. Or yeah. it, it must have been a nice day on set for her. Like my old friend John Candy's here. Yeah. Especially when they're in the back of the van and just riffing. That yeah. is the funniest uh, sequence when uh, John Candy was talking about leaving his kid at the funeral home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like a weird, because that kind of comedy isn't elsewhere in the in the uh, movie. And man, uh, John Candy, extremely underrated. Like he had a very specific type of humor. And whenever he popped up in anything, like it was always just great. It was always just so funny. And there's there's just never been a guy like him before or since. Yeah, there's never somebody like who uh, you're just like joyful when you're like, oh, wait, this guy, he's, yeah. guy, he's in play now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hey, John Candy. Um, Did you know? Well, go ahead. I have no, more no. trivia if you're interested. Yeah, let's hear some triv. Uh, That's what I call trivia now, triv. Well, so I was looking into like some of the things I don't know. And, you know, you look at these articles. <laughs> oh, we, uh, we don't have time for that, Tom. <sighs> well, nearly enough time. <laughs> about the movie. And, you know, after I got done yelling at a website again where they're like, did you know Kevin's dad actually throws out the plane ticket? It's an Easter oh. egg. It's yeah. like there's a fucking close up showing his ticket soaked in Pepsi with his name written on it. You see his dad throwing it out. And then when it's in the garbage, there's a close up of it actually going in where you see uh, Kevin M written on the ticket. This is that it's very much. Thank you, Tom, for bringing this up. <laughs> um, the kind of Home Alone Renaissance is is uh, introducing it to to new generations has a yeah. lot of this stuff where it's like you things you never noticed. But I'm sure Did you're you aware. Did you know in Jurassic Park they made those dinosaurs? Um, are you aware of the um the tweet and uh, corresponding article? Um. I'm shook. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm shook. I just found out that the mom in Home Alone is the same lady from Shit's Creek. 
what the fuck? Like, yeah, obviously. It's Catherine O'Hara. She's a famous lady. Yeah. I just found out the guy in Meet the Fuckers is the guy from Taxi Driver. Yeah. Like, oh, my yeah. God. It's an actor who's been around for a long time. And, like, they got older, but they don't look that different. And, like, I mean, uh, Catherine O'Hara, like, yeah. So when she's angry. When she's playing uh, Moira Rose on, on Schitt's Creek, like... That's a very over-the-top character, and I'm sure uh, Kevin McAllister's mom is closer to what Catherine O'Hara is like in her everyday life. But uh, it's I'm like, sure yeah, she's a better mother than that, Tom. Well, yeah, it, well, it's a pretty low bar. But uh, but it's like, yeah, this person's a very talented actor. They can they can inhabit a role when when necessary. Did you think the person who played Moira on this show was just like a weird eccentric actress that they yeah, found they who had found been a crazy obscure lady. for? She's not even an actress. Oh, it was a documentary, I, I, I think. I was not aware of that uh, tweet, and that infuriates me to no end. Yeah, I just I don't like when they present it to the world as like. Look at this information that I've uncovered. Yeah, (laughs) and I couldn't believe it, and I know you're extra not going to believe it. Yeah. However, there are two pieces of trivia that I did not know. Uh, The first, speaking of Bobby, uh, that Robert De Niro and John Lovitz turned down the role of Harry before it was offered to Joe Pesci. If I were Joe Pesci, Mm -hmm. I'd be offended about... Uh, 50% of that sentence. <laughs> right. Like Robert De Niro, I get. And then it's like, uh, you, you hit up Robert. Yeah, you De- went to Lovitz first? <laughs> you you, you, you hit went up- to that fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that your Joe Pesci? That's my Joe Pesci. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's not bad. John Lovitz? You went to this guy? Um, oh, that's good. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you hit up uh, Bobby De Niro about two decades too late. <laughs> if you went to him now, like, hey, uh, De Niro, too you want to be, yeah. you want, uh, yeah, too early. Uh, you want to be in Home Alone six? You'd be like, yeah, well, we'll offer you. I'm, or no, I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. <laughs> Whatever. I've got, I've got to make sure I've got room in my schedule to fit the War with Grandpa two in. But otherwise, I'm free for Home Alone six. So they were on the right track, and like maybe De Niro would have uh, would have hit the, his like uh, you know comedy uh, uh, section of his career earlier if yeah. uh, if that had happened. But John Lovitz, like no, it's like De Niro and Pesci. I mean, it's like yeah, we'll ask the 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 two guys from Goodfellas <laughs> if they want to come and play like a very intimidating guy. Uh, Robert, because that was the thing, and you know, uh, he was intimidating, but not like you know, he was still a goofball, Joe Pesci, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, there are stories of you know, you know, of course, about like Joe Pesci bit Macaulay Culkin's finger so hard in rehearsal Mm -hmm. they drew blood, and that he avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted to like genuinely scare him, yeah. So, like, he, he went a little method on it, and uh. 
you know, that's what you want in a kid's movie. You want that little element of danger where you're like a little bit afraid of uh, Joe Pesci's character, where you're like, especially like towards the end, you're like, he's getting so mad. <laughs> like, I don't know what this man's capable of. I know yeah, up until- he is going to kill. They are. He, uh, Marv wouldn't, but Harry would you, kill. You believe that he wants to kill Kevin. him. And it's like, yeah. I I understand up until this point, the, the violence has all been cartoon-like. But I would also not be surprised if the movie ends with just like, you know, uh, uh, Joe Pesci just stabbing him to death with an ice pick or a shard of glass he finds. Tom, I got to say, that would have surprised me if, if this movie ended <laughs> with with the eight-year-old getting stabbed. <laughs> Brutally murdered. But, Tom, if some mm-hmm. little... <laughs> piece of shit burned my head with a blowtorch, I'd murder a kid over that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I mean, jury you probably, would convict you? You would have had, you know, probably moments to live after that happened anyway. So you might as well. Um, the other piece of Home Alone trivia that surprised me, and which makes a ton of sense in retrospect, is that the Daniel Stern vehicle, Bushwhacked, was originally intended to be a spinoff from the Home Alone series. <laughs> Tom, I read this recently as well. Uh-huh. And... Nobody knows what the, like, nobody listening is like you and I who saw Bushwhacked in theaters in 1993. You know what? I didn't see it in theaters. I don't know if I even saw, I might have seen like pieces of it on HBO or whatever, but I do remember watching the commercials and thinking like, is he playing uh, uh, Marv in this movie? He's certainly suffering a lot of the same kind of indignities Marv did. Yeah, I think in, in the they trailer. might have even filmed that movie um, as him playing Marv, and yeah. then when they couldn't get the rights or whatever, had to redub some some lines. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I I would be uh, interested in maybe revisiting Bushwhacked to see uh, if I could pick up on uh, where it was supposed because he was supposed to be like a, a criminal who had just gotten out of jail. I was like, oh, yeah, makes a lot uh, of sense. As a friend, Tom, I can tell you it's probably not worth revisiting Bushwhacked. <laughs> I don't know. It might be a whole movie of just him getting hurt. This I gotta see. Tom, this is a bummer because uh, we're at time here and mm-hmm. uh, we have so much more to say about Home Alone. I mean, you don't. Right. I'm um, out of things. You're out of things. Next um, week, Home Alone 2, but not the movie Home Alone 2, part two of this episode. Tom, that will I be the do, title. I think I could find enough information to do six months of episodes on, on Home Alone. <laughs> okay. Well, look, if you want six months of Home Alone episodes, send off in the comments. Let us know. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah. Or tweet at us at Complete Guide or post on Facebook, facebook.com slash Complete Guide or post on our Reddit tcgte.reddit.com you can also follow us on instagram at tcgte you can follow me on twitter and instagram at tom reynolds you can follow me at your pal tim if you want to email us the complete guide to everything at gmail.com is the place to do it you can also check out uh if you want to support the show our sponsors also check out tcgte.com slash merch by the time you're listening to this there may be new shirts available new designs uh, hmm. There should be, but I don't want to say what they are. 
because they might not be available yet. But hey, look for yourself. TCGTE.com slash merch. Hey, people have uh, posted themselves uh, wearing some of the merch. Oh, have um, they? I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. awesome. Um, also, uh, patreon.com slash complete guide, uh, where you can find books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. This week, uh, I am reading the last part of Nothing Lasts Forever, the book Die Hard was based on, speaking of Christmas movies. And uh, next week, Tim will be watching the movie. I'm going to watch the movie, too. But uh, hear what the book was like before you watch the movie. Save yourself a $17 movie ticket, perhaps. Patreon.com slash Complete Guide. Tom, where does Home Alone fall in your favorite movies of all time? Um, I don't know how high it would fall in favorites, but it's way up there as far as Christmas movies, for sure. And as far as like movies that if I'm flipping around and it's on, I'll almost always stop and watch it. And I, I almost definitely watch it every year, I think, too. Yeah, um, I watch it every year. I think it might be my favorite movie. Wow. Like, what other movie am I going to willingly sit down and watch dozens of times? You told, you've said you've watched uh, the theatrical cut of Justice League. Dozens of times. Oh, yeah. And you know what? This Snyder Cut, why are you going to improve on uh, perfection? Yeah. Why throw, even try? Throw How are you going to do that money down the toilet that you spent fixing uh, Henry Cavill's mustache? Yeah. Uh, there's there's perfect movies, and then there's then there's Justice League. And to go back and, and, and say that... Oh, uh, there's going to be a better cut of this. I'm I'm skeptical. Um, <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It's really disgusting what he's trying to do right now. Yeah. Hey, that's Joss Whedon's movie. Leave it alone. Yeah. Everyone loves Joss Whedon. Great yep. man. I don't under... I'm... You've heard about, like, Warner Brothers investigated him recently. Yeah. No, no. Because uh, Ray Fisher, the guy who played Cyborg... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, had allegations, but apparently, like, uh, uh, they just asked Gal Gadot in an interview because she's doing press for Wonder Woman. And she was like, "Um, yeah, like, I support Ray. I think what he's doing is great. She's like, I have my own issues with him. I brought it up to the higher ups and it was dealt with at the time. But, like, no further. It's like, what was this guy doing (laughs) to, to all the, like, you know, freaking stars of this movie that he like walked into to take over. I don't know. Hmm. He's going to be run out of Hollywood. Hmm? I always thought his name was Josh. What was I saying? I think you were saying Josh. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, I think that's his name. Josh Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Josh Wheaton. Josh Wheaton. Yeah. A great man. And an author. An author. An author. We'll see you next week. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>